Welcome to Civics and Coffee. My name is Alicia, and I am a self-professed history nerd. Each week, I'm going to chat about a topic on U.S. history and give you both the highlights and occasionally break down some of the complexities in history and share stories you may not remember learning in high school, all in the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. Welcome back, peeps. This week, I'm stepping away from the Constitution for a minute and covering a person who remains an idol to thousands. Artist, feminist, icon, Frida Kahlo. This episode is brought to you thanks to my friend Brittany. Her birthday was this week, and Frida is one of her favorite people ever, followed by Miss Oprah Winfrey. So, happy birthday, Brittany. I do want to warn listeners, Kahlo's life is one filled with tragedy and some aspects of her life, and this episode, may not be suitable for younger listeners. I suggest listening first and deciding for yourself whether it is appropriate for your little one's ears. So, who was Frida Kahlo? What did she do? And how does her life intersect with the United States history? Grab your coffee, peeps. Let's do this. Full disclosure, I am a super fan of Senora Kahlo. I first learned about her in seventh grade and did a project all about her life and her artwork. I was a genius with a glue stick, okay? Arranging colored prints and her life's history all on a trifold board. I even won a prize because I have been a history nerd for just that long. Frida Kahlo, born Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo y Calderón, was a Mexican surrealist painter born in Coyoacán, Mexico City on July 6, 1907 to her mestiza mother, Matilda Calderón y González, and German immigrant father, Carl Wilhelm Guillermo Kahlo. Carl, who immigrated from Germany in 1891, switched to Guillermo, the Spanish version of Wilhelm, upon landing in Mexico. Frida's family included several sisters, both from Guillermo's and Matilda's union, and Guillermo's first marriage. Frida grew up with her sisters Matilda, Adriana, and Cristina, while her two half-sisters, Maria Luisa and Margarita, grew up in a convent. Growing up, Frida was close with her father, a photographer, and pushed boundaries by dressing in male clothing for family portraits, always testing the limits. Kahlo's life is an example of how enduring chronic pain shapes an individual, as she experienced a series of trials and tribulations, and lived with more pain than I think is fair for any one human being to endure. Frida contracted polio at the age of six, leading to a right leg deformity that would bother her throughout her life, and which also led to scoliosis, and she had to live a majority of her life in corsets and braces. One of the most life-altering events Frida experienced was a bus accident as a teenager. Prior to this accident, Frida had no plans to become an artist. She was dedicated to going into the medical field, perhaps a result of watching both her parents suffer from mental and physical ailments throughout her childhood. Her life's plans changed dramatically when on September 17, 1925, she was involved in the accident that left her bedridden for several months and started her on a path of art. Attending school in the big city, Frida had to ride the bus to and from school each day. On the afternoon of the 17th, Frida boarded a bus with her boyfriend. Suddenly, she remembered she left an umbrella she purchased and decided to get off the bus to try to retrieve it. Unfortunately, she was unable to locate her parasol and decided to reboard a second, more crowded bus to make the journey home. Frida and her boyfriend found some space towards the back and prepared for what they hoped would be an uneventful trip home. 
As the bus rounded a corner, it was immediately cut in half by an oncoming streetcar. Several people died in the horrific accident, and Frida was left with massive physical injuries. A metal handrail on the bus dislodged and impaled her, leaving Frida with a fractured pelvis, punctured uterus and abdomen, a right leg broken in 11 places, a dislocated right foot, broken collarbone, dislocated shoulder, and a spine broken in three places. The recovery from her massive injuries required Frida to be bedridden for nearly a year. Initially hospitalized for a month, she spent several more months recovering at home. During this home convalescence, Kahlo began dabbling with art and started painting self-portraits. In 1927, Frida joined the Mexican Communist Party and met the famed artist Diego Rivera at one of their gatherings. Rivera, a prominent artist at the time, initially acted as a mentor to Frida, reviewing her artwork and giving her pointers on how to improve. It wasn't long before the friendship and camaraderie shared between the artists and political allies developed into something more, and Frida and Diego were married on August 21, 1929. Frida's mother was against the marriage, feeling Diego was too old for Frida, her senior by over 20 years. Frida's father, however, seemed ambivalent at best to the situation. Unable to financially support his family, or Frida's ongoing medical bills, Guillermo Calo appeared to understand the match made financial sense, if nothing else. When deciding whether to give his permission, Calo remarked, quote, Notice that my daughter is a sick person. In all her life, she will be sick. She is intelligent, but not pretty. Think it over, and if you wish to get married, I give you my permission. End quote. Jeez. Thanks, Dad. Despite the feelings of either parent, Frida's and Diego's marriage turned into yet another example of the pain she endured throughout her life. Rivera was an infamous womanizer and had repeated affairs, many in the plain sight of Frida. While it is safe to say their marriage was less than conventional, Frida had her own affairs with both men and women, it is clear based on her diaries and letters that Frida was very much enamored with Diego, and his infidelity caused real pain. Frida and Diego ventured to what she termed Gringolandia shortly after their marriage, with two commissions to paint murals at both the San Francisco Stock Exchange Luncheon Club and the California School of Fine Arts, Kahlo and Rivera boarded a train and headed north in the fall of 1930. Arriving on November 10th, the couple quickly set up shop at a fellow artist's home located at 716 Montgomery Street in the city. Frida, left alone while Rivera worked long hours, explored the city on her own, becoming fascinated by what she found in Chinatown. During their time in San Francisco, Rivera and Kahlo made the trek up to the North Bay. That's what we locals call the area north of the San Francisco Bay Area. Visiting both the famed Bohemian Grove and the Santa Rosa home of deceased botanist Luther Burbank. Bohemian Grove, a male-only campground, is located in the northern California town of Monterio, and the title aptly describes the area. As a Northern California native, I can attest, Monterio and the surrounding area is filled with thick forests and has a very laid-back, natural vibe. Think Birkenstocks and patchouli oil. Kahlo, a woman, was able to access the grove only as the guest of one of the male members, Ralph Stackpole, a fellow artist and mutual friend of Frida and Diego. Kahlo seemed to enjoy her time in the grove, writing home to family, quote, We went to eat at a divine forest. There are huge trees that are over a thousand years old, a frozen lake, and two theaters made from tree trunks. Something divine. We were very happy. End quote. On another visit up north, Frida and Diego met with the widow of Luther Burbank, 
the American botanist known for his ability to create hybrid species. As they were visiting, Frida discovered Burbank was buried on the grounds of his home under a tree. This inspired Frida to create the painting portrait of Luther Burbank and is the first piece that demonstrates what became Frida's signature style, mixing reality with surrealism. In the portrait, Burbank is depicted as half human and half tree, connected to the earth with roots that tie him to what is believed to be his own corpse. The time in the United States appears to be the time Frida matured as an artist and honed her style. In her book, Frida in America, art historian Celia Stair argues Kahlo's time in America was pivotal to her development as a surrealist. Frida, as an outsider in America, articulated her sense of duality and her sense of contradictions as she produced pieces of art. Whatever brought on the new style, one thing is for certain. Frida saw her initial success and exposure within the U.S. border. The United States is where Frida's art was displayed publicly for the first time. Her debut was at the sixth annual exhibition of the San Francisco Society of Women Artists, held at the Palace of the Legion of Honor. Taking place between November 4th and December 3rd, 1931, the exhibition showcased a painting commonly known as the Wedding Portrait, also known as Frida and Diego Rivera. After returning to Mexico for a brief period, Frida made the journey back to America, this time to New York. As I mentioned earlier, Frida had a series of extramarital affairs throughout her relationship with Diego, and it was in New York where Frida met famed artist Georgia O'Keeffe and began a brief affair. Frida and O'Keeffe were similar in a lot of ways and bonded over the shared lives they lived. Both women were involved with mature, well-known artists in unconventional marriages. Both were trying to carve out their own identity in the art world, separate and apart from their famous husbands, and both flirted with androgynous looks. Little is known about their affair, and it appears from the surviving records that it was fairly brief, since Frida and Diego were only in New York from November 1931 to May of 1932, when they moved to Detroit. Whatever happened with the relationship, it seems as though the two remained friendly, as O'Keefe was in attendance at Frida's first solo exhibition in New York late in 1938. It was during her stay in Detroit where Frida experienced yet another traumatic and painful event, a miscarriage. Frida, who had an abortion early in her marriage to Diego due to health issues, seemed nervous about motherhood and originally requested an abortion from her American doctor. Illegal in the United States at the time, Frida had to jump through quite a few hoops to convince the doctor to help, who eventually prescribed quinine and castor oil, refusing to perform a surgical abortion. This homeopathic method did not take, and Frida continued on in her pregnancy, eventually getting on board with the idea of becoming a mother. Just a few short weeks later, Frida miscarried and was forced to spend 13 days in the hospital. Her pain and anguish of losing her child produced yet another vivid and gut-wrenching portrait, Henry Ford Hospital. Recovering from her miscarriage took several weeks, and Frida continued to experience the residual effects even as she took a brief trip to Mexico to care for her dying mother in early September. While in Detroit, Frida met and socialized with Henry Ford, the famed auto manufacturer and vocal anti-Semite. Ford, who shared a dance with Frida at a folk party, was so smitten with her that he gifted her a Lincoln Continental and chauffeur to show her around Detroit. Rivera declined the gift, feeling it was too expensive. But just because he was nice to Frida didn't mean she ignored his anti-Semitic views. During a dinner party hosted by Ford, Frida called out his views in a very comedic and Frida fashion. While seated at dinner, there was a break in conversation. Frida took the opportunity to feign ignorance and ask Ford loudly, in front of his many guests, whether he was Jewish. 
The attendees, believing Frida's innocent act, burst into laughter. Ford never answered the question. In 1934, Diego and Frida returned to Mexico, where they briefly separated after Frida discovered Diego's affair with her sister, Christina. While they did reunite shortly thereafter, they officially divorced in 1939. Towards the latter part of the 30s and early 40s, Frida started to be recognized as an artist separate and apart from her husband. She took part in an exhibition in Paris in 1939, and the Louvre purchased her piece, The Frame, in 1938, making Frida the first Latin American artist to be part of their collection. The two Fridas, my personal favorite and the episode announcement portrait that I used, was part of the Museum of Modern Arts exhibition for Mexican art in 1940. It was in the United States where Frida remarried Diego in 1940, taking part in a small civil ceremony in San Francisco. Frida made the trip to see her friend, Dr. Elliser, and Rivera, who was in the city preparing for the World's Fair. Frida spent the rest of her life fighting for causes she believed in, creating beautiful and autobiographical art, and suffering unimaginable pain, including losing her right leg in 1953. Requiring a prosthesis, Frida actually sculpted her own brace. I happened across that little factoid thanks to Twitter user Cute Weird History, who shared the New York Times article. Frida passed away on July 13, 1954, at the age of 47. While the official cause of death was listed as a pulmonary embolism, there are some who claim she committed suicide pointing to a series of extra painkillers missing from her medication bottle and an anniversary gift given to Diego a month early. But without an autopsy, her death remains a mystery. Frida gained notoriety and fame many years after her death when art historians rediscovered her work in the 70s. Since then, she has met, and some say, eclipsed the fame her husband Diego received during his lifetime. And I think Kahlo would enjoy that very much. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Civics and Coffee. If you want to hear more small snippets from American history, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining me, and I look forward to our next cup of coffee together. Mm-hmm.